listening to First Church Charlotte. Everyone, uh, this is Pastor Nathan. It is our privilege and our honor to have missionary Vanna Norris uh, here on the First Church stage, making this place better by her very presence. Uh, I want all of you to know that I am a, uh, a, a tremendous fan of this lady. Um, I very quickly will give an introduction of her, which uh, she will uh, be uncomfortable by and secretly enjoy. Uh, <laughs> uh, she has been um, many, many years a ministry leader and missionary in the nation of Brazil. She's from Brazil. She'll tell us a little bit about that. Uh, she has been really from early in her life uh, uniquely used and empowered by God um, to teach and raise the next generation of spiritual leaders. Hopefully we'll get into that a little bit. She has been uniquely empowered by God to minister to the urban poor uh, in the uh, beautiful and troubled city of Rio de Janeiro. Yes, the Rio of Fame. Um, in some of the most troubled uh, neighborhoods that they refer to there as favelas that oftentimes are places of, of, of risk um, and a lot of ministries would if not avoid be very cautious she has made her home there and she has a lot to teach us and it is my privilege to bring her to all of you uh, my sister I greet you today in the name of the Lord yeah, greetings too. So glad to be with you and with you all today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you start by telling us the, the uh, your story of growing up in Brazil and how you got into ministry and faith. I was born in Brazil. I'm a native. <laughs> That's an advantage. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, the missionaries went to Brazil. I grew up in a Catholic church and my whole family is you know i could i should say half of them are not anymore but uh missionaries went to brazil and a robert norris family and they met my family and my grandmother was the first one who was baptized in jesus name and received the baptism of the holy ghost that's an amazing so language. she was so impressed so happy that the lord was just living inside her because the way we grew up uh you know you had to pray for mary and mary you talk to jesus and jesus we talk to god sure and god will speak to the holy ghost so the missionary came with a different story yes and he said that you could go straight to god and god would live inside you so my grandmother was so excited to hear that and she said you need to meet this missionary you need to be with him and i was pretty much young but i always liked to read and study and you could never convince me to accept your truth unless i really search and understand what you're talking about so i met the missionary and i told him listen i'm gonna study first what do you do in your bible school I said well we receive all the everybody here to study to become a teacher or a pastor and uh, and then at the end of the year you can decide what you're gonna do and I said no I just want to learn 
All right, so and, let me catch everybody up. So okay. you're born there in I was Brazil. born there in Brazil. Your grandmother is the first one to be converted through Next the ministry year. efforts of the uh, uh, missionary Norse. Missionary Norse. All right, then you're coming of age during this time, okay. and you're you're like you're you're growing up as you get to college age. Yes. Your grandmother wants you to go to the Bible, Bible, Bible school. school. The Bible Part school. of the missionary work yeah. um, of uh, missionary Norse was to establish that national Bible school. That's what she's talking about. Yes. Continue on with your story. Yeah, so uh, I studied and then um, he told me, I asked him to promise me, you're not going to force me to do anything? So no, yes, I promise you. So the night that he went back home to, to pray in his you know, devotional, the Lord spoke to him. And he told him that he had a great plan in my life. And he needed to tell me about this plan and explain to me. And I needed to receive his name. It was needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yes. So he came back and the next day and he told me what 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 I what was his experience and he said, Lord, but I had promised her not to do anything against her will. So you just tell her and she will obey you. So he did, and I was very excited about it because I couldn't just picture the image that the Lord, the Lord of Lords would live inside me. Yes. And uh, and the Lord just gave me the baptism, you know, he baptized me with the Holy Ghost, and I was so excited. And I started teaching at the Bible school a few years later, and that what my story began. It was when I went to the Bible school, that was when I felt the calling yes. to be working for the Lord. Yes, did you, did you start working in the Bible school before you had a sense of God's ministerial calling upon you? While I was teaching, I was uh, learning for the whole year, you know, studying, it was when the Lord called me. Yes, what's, yeah. what's some advice you would give to a young person today? I know you still are very active in the Bible school, you're still an instructor there. Um, you are the director, I should say, which is uh, kind of a pretty important role. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what advice do you give young people when they come to you and they, they have a heart, you know, to do, but they don't really know, you know, uh, what what's next? What, what do you say to them? I just tell them, tell you today, just seek God. Tell the Lord that you really are, want to serve Him. You want to do the best for Him. Just lead me, Jesus, where I should go. Yes. So in the Lord, we speak to you. And sometimes we already have this feeling, you know, want to work with young people. You want to work with the ladies. Sometimes you have this calling, sure. you know, so you just let the Lord lead you. Yes. And just, you know, what? Uh, for me, the, the uh, most, most important thing is just to learn, study. The Lord came to teach. Yes. He was a teacher. Yes. So the Bible said that my says that my people die because they don't have knowledge, yes. lack of knowledge. So if you learn, this is the best way to meet your needs and know what the Lord has in store for you. So while you are working to uh, serve the Lord and uh, fulfill uh, His kingdom, He is working to 
build your life and yes. you actually would become if I have this correctly you would actually become uh, missionary Norris's daughter-in-law that's true that's true so the Lord was knit was knitting knitting you guys all together in his place at that time tell us a little bit about that to you know the Lord just it he loves you and he worries about every little bit of you know of your life everything he has to do in your life and he sent me a husband <laughs> from the states and we do you know he was my teach my my student he went to bible school i was already teaching the bible school and then he felt the calling you know we were just helping his mom and dad as aimers at the bible school and he felt the need to take, you know, hit, uh, a position in Brazil, any place. He said, I want the Lord to use me in any any city. Yes. I don't need to be with my dad, but I need to come back. So, so that's the reason we we came to be appointed as missionaries. So we're going to use this as a teaching moment for all the single young ladies. The path forward <laughs> is to become a professor in the Bible school and then train up your husband. Get them all educated <laughs> and then the Lord will put you together. Just go forth out art healed that's oh. all you need to know what an amazing story that's fantastic so yeah. soon a few years after his graduation uh, you guys of course are married and uh, you then become fully appointed missionaries uh, supported by churches uh, primarily perhaps in America but all yes. around the world yeah uh, and you go back there to invest your lives there tell us about that that transition those early years yeah, my father-in-law, he needed to come back to the States. He became the supervisor, regional field supervisor. So we stayed at the Bible school and we started working and helping other missionaries that went there, just, you know, helping them. And uh, we went back, came back to the States again to go to another city. We didn't stay uh, only at the Bible school. And then a few years later, we say in the Bible school, my husband became uh, a director, and that's where we we just we stayed, you know, pretty much teaching and opening new churches and new places. So how many how many churches did you and your husband um, establish, or or I don't know the right way to count that because I know all churches are a group effort. Um, how many did you you guys do in those years? In the beginning of our ministry, we just we helped churches. Yes. So we travel. He traveled all over Brazil, and he was a national youth national leader. And I stayed at the Bible school, just teaching there and helping to you know in the churches. We have two churches that I pastor. And those churches are pretty much in that one of them is in the slam area and the other one is in a little bit different area you know by the beach but we that's where i want to go <laughs> i want to be an attendee to that church oh hallelujah <laughs> so that's where we have you know you know we are doing it so i'm i'm pretty much involved in with the district so you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm vice president in the district and i'm involved and by district you're referring to uh, fellowship of churches yeah in the uh, in rio de janeiro area I so see. that's where i'm i'm you know pretty much and how many churches there. would you say there are in that 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 rio de janeiro in rio de janeiro area we have 15 established churches you could say oh this is still you know this is not a lot but you have a small 
churches to congregations that we have. Well, I would imagine establishing a church in an urban city like that, that is very that's difficult what I was going because to of property. Say, yeah, that's too. And it's just no. If you go out into yeah. the, <clears throat> a rural area, you could start 15 churches and every just find 15 mm-hmm. villages. But you mm-hmm. can't do that in yes. urban ministry, yes, and yes. that's easily forgotten. Yeah, it, it is, is a just huge. There's job. a different soil too. You yes. know, in different places, mm-hmm. but we have churches established in all over you know brazil but our area work area is in rio de janeiro that was our calling yes my calling that's what you know we want to be working Right. So I want to ask you some about uh, the the work you have done with uh, in the favelas, which the favela is a Brazilian word uh, for uh, you would think of a slum, like in uh, Hispanic they would say a barrio. Barrio. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so that you should think kind of a slum area when we use that term favela. Um, how how was your first exposure? I, I have I'm, I'm fascinated by one of the things that's unique about uh, your ministry is <clears throat> your willingness your boldness to do ministry there um, so how did that start how were you exposed to favelas and and, and just kind of uh, talk to us about that I'm gonna t- I'm gonna confess something you know I was really really scared Nathan to go there well let me My just husband, say that, 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 that <laughs> <laughs> that's a smart thing to be um, when if you think the favela is like the bad areas of Charlotte um, um, I want you to know you you need to do a little research Okay, do a little research. Uh, go to go to Google. Type in favela. Um, uh, you should think almost more as a war-torn area. Add that plus slum, and you would have a better ever sense of what she's talking about when she's a little bit afraid. Sorry for the interruption. I want our uh, oh, viewers to understand we're not talking about a bad part of this city. We're talking about yeah. a different category. Because everything that I learned and I've heard about, it was just shooting, killing, and I just when my husband was invited to go to that church, a small church, and uh, my daughter it was only six months old. Wow. So I was so afraid, and the first thing that ha- happened, one of the drug dealers tried to kidnap my daughter. And I was in front of the church, you know, my husband was there preaching. So, so, so hold, hold on, oh, we can't rush past okay. this. This okay. didn't just happen. Okay. Okay, your exposure to mm-hmm. ministry to urban poor in yes. Rio de Janeiro was your family, your daughter is at risk, and uh, this violent individual who is, uh, product of that violence he thinks his plan for your life is to kidnap your daughter yes yes and you said this is a great place to start a church i'm going to start right here this lady is the one of the perhaps the bravest person i'll talk to (laughs) this year who knows go ahead so we went there so everything that i heard was what really happened the first day i got there that happened so, so he like pull a gun on you? Yeah. Just, and you, you talk know, him out of it? Did he, you pull a ninja move well, out or something? <laughs> I asked, I just told him, you're not going to do that because we came here to help you. This church is here to help you. Help Can your I have community. an amen from the video? <laughs> help your community. So I was scared. And then after he, you know, I realized that I was dealing with people that needed the Lord, needed some hope, needed some love. And the real people were there, you know. That's really people that I want to help. And my husband was called. He was so calm. Nothing bothered him. Said, oh, everything's going to be okay. And he said, the Lord called me here. 
but I was praying and said, Lord, just change his mind because <laughs> could you imagine being Please, here? Lord, change his mind. Yeah, we don't want to, I don't want to be here. So the more we went there, the more I love people. Yes. They just hugged us, the kids, and they didn't have everything that, Isn't you know, amazing? supposed love always to. wins. Oh, it is. You know, this love is true. Wins. And I was just, everybody was just, may I help you? Can I do anything to help you? And, you know, the days went by and they would come. If they do anything to your church, let them, so uh, we how, need tell to me know. Tell me a little about, about the church. How many people were there? You walk into this building, you're looking around, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, you're holding your baby. That moment. Do you want to know Take how many there. people were there? Absolutely. Three. Myself, my husband, and my little baby. Nobody wanted to go there. They're so afraid to be there. And just attend the church itself. So you had yes. a building. Yes. And some people who had visited, but no one who was committed. No, because everybody that was there, they had left. Yeah. They were so afraid to be there. So, because the head uh, usher had tried to kidnap them. Yes. <laughs> That was true. So we just began to you know teaching and preaching. My husband used to preach as if the church, we had a hundred people there. So he was inviting people to come to church. He was talking to the pews. So you're you like know? walking around the neighborhood, talking to people, invite them to come to your church. That's true. And they start coming, you know, and we just, my husband used to play, uh -huh. he used to play the guitar. I used to sing. And my, my daughter used to cry a lot, so that helped a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. cry a lot. <laughs> so everybody was, I think they felt, well, they need help. We are going to go there. So people start coming and people from other churches too, they Which got courage to you, come yes. and help us. Isn't that amazing? That's how brave and we it work. was just wonderful too. It's do so know. amazing. And they would come to uh, ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. They would invite us to go to their houses to, for prayer. So would you pray for me? Do you help me? So we went straight to their houses and a lot of guns, you know, people, you know, of drug dealers and on the streets and everything. So we didn't even worry about them and just say hi and say, if you need anything, just let us know. When you're just painting the church, cleaning, the, do you need help? So, oh, yes. We do. So we just mingle with them, just spoke their own language, and they spoke our language. So we didn't have any problems. So the, the church started to grow. So what is it, uh, if we were to, if I could just mm -hmm. take our whole congregation, all of you watching, if I could just charter a, a jet, fly down there, walk into the neighborhood and attend your church, what would it be like? Well, you would, first of all, you need to tell that you're going to our church. You need to tell them which church you're going to. You have to blink, you know, the headlights, and you're not allowed to get in without telling who you are. Okay, so let's let's hold hold that thought because um, this is an important deal. So these are neighborhoods that are contested for control. That's why I said earlier that you should think more war torn because um, they are not. The police do not have a. A typical police presence there. If they come in, they come in like an army. That's they true. come in like combos. Is That's that correct? True. I'm trying yes. to help everyone yes. understand. Because yes. this is life for you. Yes. But we yeah, yeah. we think, oh, it's a bad neighborhood. I'll call the police. No. Mm -mm. No, the police are not going to come in unless they organize it. And they're going to come in like the military does. Armor, yeah. armored personnel, heavy weapons. Other than that, yeah. this is almost like um, a militia occupied 
uh, area. And so when she's coming to her church, you're telling us that you would pull up in this area where there's kind of demarcated lines of control. Mm -hmm. You would signal, let them know you're going to church. Yeah, I'm going there. But they pretty much know me for so many years. We have been there for so many years. They know me. But if you want to visit, you need to let them know where you're going. Wow. That is so they, they have very much, you know, uh, most of them, you know, watching. Some of them are on duty. They watch the police who's coming right. and who's coming. So, and they know our church. They know what we, we have done to the church. We, ha we help them with food and we yes. help them whatever they need. We don't compromise, right. you know, right. what we believe, but we just do. In other they words, even, they're not using the drugs that are being sold. <laughs> ourselves. Even to know no, when they're we loving have, people. <laughs> Even though we have special programs yes. to raise funds, they offer us to help. You know, they will help you. They already know right. they're not going to receive right. any kind of money, but they help us to do anything that we need. Right. Another thing I think that would help us, uh, you know, soft Americans understand uh, too would be it's easy for us to think of um, kind of a slum area as though it's all risk all bad and we have to remind ourselves that there's a, a lot of good people in those yes, places yes it's they're not all strong <clears throat> a lot of them are victims too a lot of them are oppressed too um, and there's a lot of love there's a lot of fathers who work hard and love their kids and they're not they're not you know criminals as we would That's think true. there's a lot of mothers who they're working hard yeah uh, they loving their kids and these are the people that you are taking um, you're taking real-world ministry uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ um, into that area and so although it is a gang controlled area a lot there's a and all of us we have to be reminded of this mm -hmm. there's a lot of good simple yeah. kind people doing their best and that's what your church is is, is ministering to and, and, and for so is there any particular stories from that ministry that um, that you think uh, would just really uh, help us understand what what's going on in, in, in your work there uh, I have in my church I have lawyers in my mm -hmm. church I have social social workers and I have people that really are really interested in helping them to change their lives and uh, being in that particular place it caused a, a great impact mm -hmm. because when you go to a place like that they want to know your real um, well, what do you really want to do there? Right. You know, your real yeah. intentions. Yeah. Are you do they really? Yes. Yeah. Do they want to help us or not? Right. And the majority I have noticed people that come to the church, they they just left the church. You know, other churches because they are so disappointed right. and they got so upset with life and they couldn't find a job. And I'm not saying I'm not justifying anything. Sure. So I'm just saying that they really need help. Right. And I, if I'm, I'm going there, I'm, like, I'm a pastor there. I just want to help them. Right. And I have this particular uh, thing that I want to share, and that happened so many years ago. Uh, this man, he had killed a mayor, and he had chopped his body in pieces. So, and he had hit the yeah, head. Just for the record, um, we don't have anybody in First Church who's killed a mayor or chopped anybody up. <laughs> just if you were wondering, we don't have anybody in First Church that I know who have, who have done that. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you know somebody, but I don't want to know. This is amazing. Tell me more. <laughs> so uh, he had done that, and um, what happened? He, I was coming to church 
it was uh, late at night and he had a bazooka he thought I was at the police. I was this, I used the same car that the police used to use. So he had the bazooka and he was going to kill me. And he said he heard a voice of the Lord talking to him. And he said, my servant, no, don't kill her. So he was so shocked that he wanted to know me. He wanted to see who I was because he was on duty that night. So he just wanted to, to meet me. So I was in the church and so he got in and the first question was, do you wanna know where I hid the head? And he had killed this mayor and he hid the head so everybody was looking for the head for him to have a nice funeral, right? So, <laughs> well, the mom and dad, all the family, they didn't, they wanted to know if it was, you know, the pieces of body belonged to him, right? So he said, I came here to confess to you where the head is. I said, no, I don't want to know what the head is. You need to tell the police. What, <laughs> it was just the reason you came here to know. The Lord spoke to me about you. Wow. And the first time I have ever heard the sentence was when the missionary told me the Lord has a great pain in your life. And now this drug dealer, this assassin, telling me that the Lord spoke to him about me. And I said, what did the Lord say? He said, how do you know it was God that said to you? He said, I knew and I know the voice of Lord, the Lord. And I just want to hear his voice one more time. Wow. He said, I was, I, I grew up in church and I was so hurt in church. And they said so many bad things about me in church that were not true. And I, I that's the reason I'm here. And this, this is not an excuse, he said, but I had killed so many people. So you just imagine this man just confessing to you that he was the one who killed me. What do you think? He deserved to die, right? He deserved to go to prison. And I have the, you know, the way of calling the police immediately. And to, listen, I got the guy they're looking for. So he said, you don't have an idea who I am. And he told me all of his story. He said that he opened people's uh, bodies and grabbed the heart. And he said, I just look at the heart and I felt like it was God. And I said, someone did this to me once, just took everything that I had. Now I want to do it. But I asked him, why did you do that? He said, because I want to be a just one. I want to do justice to people because those people that I kill, they do so many bad things to everybody they have ever met. So that's the reason I want to kill them. So to finish the story, to the end of the story, he repented and he, he was already baptized. So he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, uh, and he is a different man now. So I was just thinking if I wasn't there, I didn't lose that opportunity to talk to him about God and I know that a lot of people said this is this I cannot there's no hope for me anymore this is the end of my life and I told him this is just the beginning Wow. you can change your life completely wow. you can change your life and he even told me and said listen pastors you probably have a lot of people that are assassins in your church 
And I look at him and I said, no, this you're the first one that came talk to me. And he said, no, if you have someone in your church that don't love their neighbor, they are the ones who are killing each other. Wow. So that was um, a wonderful lesson to me. Wow. And I just thank the Lord for calling me. Yeah. And a lot of people there have just uh, changed their lives completely. They didn't kill as many people as he did, but they had so many problems, so many situations with families that I'm there to help. Right. And I have a nice congregation that love the Lord. Young people, they're singing and praising God and are my right hand and help there. Just because my husband and I felt the desire to go and help them out. What an amazing story. That's an amazing story. Your testimony to all of us, to what you've done. I want to, um, to end with, I want to ask you a few questions. Um, one of the things that I think makes you a very, very uh, interesting and notable for us to learn from is that you have uh, been very active and diligent in ministry as a woman. Um, and not most religious organizations are... Um, this isn't something we're proud of. This is just, let's be honest. I think honesty is um, a good thing. <laughs> Most religious organizations are very male-dominated, and uh, they're good men. Um, but I know sometimes, perhaps as a woman, there's been some hesitation, some difficulty. Not only that, you have had success in ministry um, in fairly male-dominated religious organizations. Furthermore, you've had success in ministry um, in um, uh, Brazil, which is, you know, the infamous more Latin masculine culture. Um, that's my perception. I may be wrong. You're welcome to correct me. Um, uh, but what would you say to young women who, who want to, they want to do something for God? They, uh, we have several in our church. I, I have several in my family, very anointed, dynamic, strong young women. Give them some wisdom. I, I just want to tell you, just do what the Lord is talking to you, speaking to you to do. Don't be afraid of any situation. Any person, they'll tell you that you don't, you're not important. So if the Lord, you know, is with you, He will do everything. He will open doors. Yes. Open doors. And especially in this place, I'm just going to add that uh, the drug dealers, you know, they call me their pastor. And a lot of men, I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, but don't be don't, sorry. That's why I'm asking. They don't want to go there. They're afraid. Yeah. And this drug dealer, that his name was. Uh, so so let me let me be clear. So okay. in your church. Okay. Uh, um, what I'm getting is that there are some men who hesitate to come to your church yes, because yes. they know you have the loyalty of very violent men. Yes. They're loyal to you and yeah. they claim you as their pastor even though their life is a mess and yes. they, they need yes. to make yes. changes. And yes. But they still, they, they've been impressed by your courage and they have publicly committed to you. In other words, their protection, their care is yes. on you. All right, yes. so now I mean, we're back on track here, making yes, sure I understand yes, yes, yes. that some men, because yeah. they know the loyalty of some of these more violent individuals, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they hesitate to come uh, into that. So go ahead. That's true. They're afraid to go. They don't want to go there. 
and uh, the ones that go there they just they want to talk to those drug dealers and I have noticed and know too that a lot of them they don't want to talk to them even to for them to minister said no you talk to the pastor if she says it's okay for you to get in you can get in so what you said is really true I'm you know I'm blessed because my district I work with my district I don't have any problem I'm talking about real district yeah. area churches, that I work other churches, churches in the and yeah. they you know I don't have any problem but my husband was always he always asked me to preach he always asked me to deal with the church and we we were a team we worked together that's wonderful and I remember that he you know people didn't accept why is it isn't he on the platform and he said she is the pastor I am the co-pastor that's amazing because she has the calling and I am here to support her in this church remember that he was the one who was invited first And then before passing away, he said, I want you to continue the work. Yes. Never stop. Don't be afraid. So if the Lord calls you, you know, remember what we, what happened with the Samaritan woman? Yes. The Lord just introduced himself to her. Everybody yes. was just wondering, who is he? Yes. Who do you think I am? Yes. So I am the Savior. I am the one who you're looking for. So for I, I know that the Lord is no respecter of person, even to you know male and female. Yes. And you have to be bold and take courage. The Lord calls you, just go ahead and yes. do it. He can it open the doors for you. And I know a lot of women, even you know, the Bible school students, they just want to to be a part of this. I'm telling you a part of this because there are some most of them rejected. Yeah. So you're a woman, you cannot do that. You're not yeah. brave enough. This calling wasn't for you. It is. In the last days you'll have to have as many help as we can. Yes. So maybe the lesson maybe the lesson is twofold. because um, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. Um, the, the first lesson um, of your life, your ministry is that as strong as you are and as brave as you are, and you are a tremendously brave individual, um, in spite of that, it still was a blessing to you to have God put you with yes. your husband who yes. could see your anointing. Yes. yes. And so I want to say, I want to say to all of our our young yes. ladies, um, God can put you yes. with someone who values your anointing, yes. and they're not your enemy. And that means you're going to have mm. to believe that God's fighting that battle for you, and He's going to put you with someplace where you are nurtured. Yes. And you are empowered. So the second lesson. You mentioned the lady uh, with the um, the Samaritan lady. Okay. Um, God chose her, right? Mm-hmm. And He speaks to her, and she becomes. She runs to the village, and she says, yeah. "I met a man. That's told true. me everything I ever did she is not this the Christ." Think about. You know, God could have chose a more. How shall we say this? Um, a more proper representative representative of the religious life, mm-hmm. but He chose her. And so, when God chooses you. You don't want to argue with God on whether or not you're the best representative. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to argue with God on whether or not there's other people in the town who would be better to represent this most righteous way. You have to say, you know, he spoke to me. Yeah. He chose me. That's true. Here I, love I am. It. Yeah. I love it. Give us a final word, a final um, uh, thought uh, to take with us. One thing that I want to tell you today to finish this is just you need to take advantage of 
every opportunity yes. because the days are evil yes. so anything that comes your way so you can reach people help people there are people there is just you can walk if you just say Jesus tell them Jesus has a purpose in your life that changed my life yes. completely yes. the Lord spoke to me I have a plan in your life could you imagine what a privilege it is for the Lord to use you to be the key for the revival, to be the answer of so many messed up lives. So just take advantage of every opportunity that you can, every people that you meet, every person that seeks for an answer. Be the answer for the one who are asking for I love it. I love it. I admire you. Thank you so uh, You're a lovely person. You're a courageous person. And uh, I thank you for spending some time with us. It was and, my privilege, uh, privilege to be here. Uh, God's doing great things in your life. Okay, thank you so much. I love you all. God bless you. We will see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.